0: Hi friends, welcome to Nothing to Prove and Everything to Share. I am your hostess with the mostest, Gabby Gibson, and I am so, so, so extremely thankful that you have taken some time to pause out of your day so that you can spend some time with us. Holy cow, this is our third episode. Um, So whether this is your first, your second, or you're coming back strong for the third, welcome and make yourself at home kick your shoes off, get something to drink, coffee, wine, whatever you want, light some candles, because we are going to dive right in. And hey, if no one told you lately, congratulations, you have made it through another week, month, moment, day, minute, 30 seconds, and I am extremely proud of you for pushing on. Whew, okay, so... As always, this is going to be our nothing to prove and everything to share space. So everything will be unedited, it'll be messy, raw, and done all in one take. So, as always, super excited and again, super thankful to take you all on this journey with me. Today, I wanted to really make this our brave space. So, in my first episode, I touched briefly, briefly, wow, I cannot talk, briefly on what um, I wanted this space to be for all of us, and I used the term brave space. So I wanted to dive in deep into what a brave space is, what it looks like, and really model the way for what we should be able to expect from our ourselves and our villages of light when it comes to hard conversations and processing hard feelings. So what is a brave space, and how do we all play a role in it? I first heard the term brave space when I was an elite owl facilitating workshops across campus to different student groups. So in my undergrad, I had the incredible life-changing opportunity to be an elite owl, which is a leadership and service ambassador. And a part of our job was to go and meet with different student groups and facilitate leadership workshops. So diving in deep into what they thought leadership was how they could become leaders, and really just processing leadership journeys across the spectrum. And that was something that was super special for me. Now, in these spaces, I was always told you know, you can't promise that people will feel safe, especially when they get vulnerable. And so, in these conversations, sometimes we ask student leaders to have hard conversations that they had been avoiding. And we were like, okay, we're here to facilitate it. We're here to help you, but we really need you to, to take everything off, to unpack this baggage and get vulnerable. And I can't promise that that's ever going to feel safe, but what I can promise and what I want to promise you all, and hopefully you all can, can promise to me in the spaces that we are physically together, you know, after the whole social distancing thing, um, is that, You and I can make and be in control of creating a brave space where people feel as brave as possible, where they can come into a space as they are with who they are and all that they have and all the baggage that they're carrying and trying to claim and process that they can come into that space as is. And so again, that takes a lot of intentionality and that takes a lot of practice and it takes a lot of grace and compassion. And so what does that look like in tangible steps? So the first step I always tell people is that a brave space means challenged by choice. So having hard conversations and wiggling around in discomfort is always our choice. We can choose to sit in it, to wiggle around in the really, really uncomfy, messy parts of it. Or we can choose to step out when we need to, and that's perfectly okay, to step out when we need to, communicate, hey, I need a little bit of space to process things, and then following up with that. So again, challenge by choice. The second one that I tell people, you know, in physical spaces, and I definitely, this is something that I'm putting myself a little bit later in the podcast, I get really vulnerable, and what I'm asking you all is what is said in our space, our sacred space right here, stays in this space, but whatever you learn can leave. And so this is going to be a huge part of my story, a huge part of what I'm processing, a huge part of, um, you know, what I'm feeling, and I'm perfectly okay with sharing it, but I want you all to be able to take things away and not just turn it into gossip, because I feel like that happens a lot in spaces, unfortunately, is when people tell their stories, it's really easy for them to to get vulnerable, and then for us to feel like that's, now that someone else has told that story, it's our, like, our job to keep telling it. But I want you all to remember that what is said in the space can stay, but what is learned can leave. Um, Other than that, feel free to hit me up on my social media, you know, Instagram, Facebook, email, text. um, Tell me what makes a space brave for you and I want to be able to incorporate that into our spaces um throughout these upcoming podcasts. Whew, okay. So I guess that now we have really looked at the logistics and operating of a brave space, so we should practice it, right? Right. So I'm going to get super vulnerable with you all. Like really, really, really vulnerable. Whew. So deep breath, everyone. All right. So I have found myself really just getting in my own head a lot lately. And one of the things that I have just been my own biggest bully about is my body image. Now I know that's like, what a problem to have. Like people are going through much worse. And yes, that is absolutely true. But this is something that I think will hit a lot of people or maybe it won't. But Again, I wanted to take the time to explain what a brave space was. You know, we're three episodes deep. And if we're all going to get vulnerable together and have nothing to prove and everything to share, this is it. This is the way that we're going to model it. So I have been getting really, really just in my own head about my body image and not being the kindest person to myself. Um, So I suffered from an eating disorder Um, and I'm still, wow. I can't say that without, Ooh, it got hot y'all. Okay. Um, yeah, I suffered from an eating disorder and I'm still recovering from it. Um, so I feel like a very big misconception is that healing is this linear process and it has a final destination. And then once you're healed, you're healed for good and you don't have to put in any work after that. But that is, my friends is, <laughs> that is funny. Um So in 2013, I was a sophomore in high school. Um One thing I remember very vividly was stepping on a scale and seeing a number and I was freaking out. And then pretty much in that same like season of life, I remember something even more painful as that was my swim coach saying, you look like you've gained some weight. I know, I know. If you're, heart is sinking in your chest or if you audibly gasped, I don't blame you because um, that is just like, whoa, like an adult said that to a kid. And let me just, disclaimer, so I look back and I understand that her intent was to never hurt me the way that she did in that moment, but in that moment when she said that, I felt completely defeated. You know, I was, I felt like I was forced to to have an awkward laugh that kept me from crumbling and crying right in front of everyone because she said it in front of all my teammates on a pool deck right before I was supposed to go out and swim. Um, I was very embarrassed, I was frustrated, and it felt like someone was already picking on something that I didn't like about myself, so it hurt even worse as someone else had noticed something that I already noticed about myself. Um... At this point in my, my life, I knew that I was shaped differently. You know, I, I have a different body type than my sisters, than my friends. Um, and I knew that I was, I wouldn't say heavier than my teammates, but again, I was just built differently. Um, so that was, in that moment, I had vowed to myself that I would lose the weight, that I would build a better image of myself because I wanted to feel beautiful. And I thought that if I looked beautiful, I would like if I physically looked beautiful to everyone else's standards, that if I could avoid someone saying like you've gained weight and I would feel beautiful. So throughout high school, I dropped a lot of weight, um, but then the numbers became an addiction and that's um, when I started in college. So I've never told anyone this, but one thing that I've carried with me everywhere since that moment that my coach told me that I looked like I had gained weight um, was that I have a very heightened sense of what my body looks like and the spaces that I in quotations take up Um, and the scariest idea for me in throughout my undergrad and college when I was learning how to process everything and learning to love my body was that i feared gaining weight and gaining the the freshman 15 that everyone avoids or tries to avoid. And so um, I'd always hear these side comments about my eating habits or my workout routine and I was genuinely scared that I could be loving life and enjoying my life and that people would see any sort of fluctuation in my weight or what I look like and they would comment on it. You know, they'd say, you know, is she taking care of herself or why is she doing that? And I think for me, those words really, really, really echoed in my head. Um, And so throughout high school, I or throughout college, I remember um, that my confidence really was dependent on numbers on the scale. So I would weigh myself after, you know, hour long cardio sessions or punish myself for depriving um, for, you know, eating food or I would, you know, go and immediately throw up what I did eat. So that was something that was super hard for me because I would constantly be pushing past this lightheadedness as if it were normal. And so I would refuse to get lunch with people that I loved and I would miss out on time with my friends because I didn't want to eat in front of them because I didn't want to eat at all. Um, I would make the excuse that, you know, I just ate and I was pretty much starving. So I was in constant fear of my body and I was very, very in tune to what I thought other people saw and what I believe that I saw in the mirror. Um, I would always, you know, I would always convince myself, well, it's not that bad. Like I'm still able to go on throughout my normal day. Like I can still do homework. I can still run six miles a day. I can still do everything. So it can't be that bad. Um, and so it took me a really, 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 really long time to get out of that headspace. So that's kind of, I want to talk about, that's my breakdown moment of like not loving my body enough to nourish it, not loving my body enough to give it grace, to give it days of rest. Um, and that has been something that's been on my mind a lot lately because I feel like, you know, people who do suffer from, body dysmorphia from an eating disorder from bad body image it's it's something that is is constantly on your mind because of a routine that you've built to heal because of habits that you've built to heal so without when things change like they are now it's something that takes a lot of adjusting and a lot of grace and compassion but it also takes and I'm realizing this a village of accountability which is why I think that it's been on my heart to share is that I need that connection and I need that piece of team accountability to help me get through this and I know that if I don't share it and I kind of isolate myself that those thoughts thrive in that silence so here's to having nothing to prove and everything to share um yeah so right now I'm in the phase of my life where um you know those thoughts while they're not as loud as they would have been In my undergrad and i have built habits and routines to to be in a healthy strong empowered mindset when it comes to my body and when it comes to food um you know i i wanted to let people know that i think a lot of recovery and a lot of healing and a lot of breaking through is routine based so when this whole coronavirus is you know sweeping across the world and routine is completely out the window there's there's a lot that we can't do so there's no um, going to the gym after a long day when you're stressed Um, there's no picking up lunch with a friend and getting out of your own head there's a lot of self-isolation so this is I, again, I guess this is my space to really break down how I'm feeling so that we can all break through together. Um, yeah, so we've talked about breaking down breakthroughs, body image, and now I want to go on to bar. So um, right now, again, I told you all there's a lot that's just like, whoa, everything's happening at once and I'm really not being kind to myself. And one thing I am... So, so, ooh, ooh, I can feel it in my chest. Gabby, do not cry. Oh, I can, one thing I am so thankful for throughout, like, having my own thoughts and not being the most kind of myself is that through um, my supervisor, my advisor, my number one role model is that I've been invited into spaces where if I can't be kind of myself, there's A community of women who are there for me, who have my back, and who are kind to me when I can't be kind to myself. And so um, Katie has invited me to different bar sessions, and it's just different than going on a run, especially now. I feel like during my runs, I can get in my own head, and it's kind of hard to get out of my own head, but the thing about group fitness classes or group spaces is, again, that accountability piece is you're not totally in silence and you're not just hearing your own voice. And that is something that is so, so strong and so, so powerful. Um, again, especially not just in my season of, of learning to love my body and learning that I am strong, that I am powerful, that I am beautiful, is that is, is hearing a voice other than your own when you need it the most. So I don't really know where this podcast went, or where I wanted to take it, but I thought I would take the time to really tell you all, like, hey, this is something that's been on my mind, and I think I need a community of people that not only understand it, maybe they don't understand it, but that can be there for me to face I mean They're like, hey, let's let's do lunch over Facetime, or hey, as some of my students say, hey, have you eaten today? Um, so really check in on your friends because this, a lot of our recovering and healing and just feel-good moments are the ones that we've built from a routine, from having habits, from being surrounded by a community of people. And so, yes, that has been taken away um, in a sense, but again, it's on us to really be there for each other and to create a space where people feel brave enough that they can't admit that they're struggling but that they know that you and I have their backs. Whew. So I feel like that was a lot. Um, I would say sorry but I'm trying not to apologize for things that I'm not really sorry for. So thank you so much for joining um, the podcast today. I am extremely thankful that I've built a space that I can feel like I can come to you all and come to this podcast. Um, Not broken, but feeling everything I feel coming as I am and knowing that you all are there for me to process things, to listen to my rants and ramblings, and to, of course, always have nothing to prove and everything to share. So thanks again for joining this podcast, and I am looking forward to seeing you all next time. Bye.